Unfucked, your favorite podcast, whether you know it or not. I'm Gunner, and I am joined by Laugh once again. Laugh, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm a little tired doing the five-hour sleep kind of thing today, but... You know, overall blessed. You know, there's worse things than five hours sleep, right? Yeah. Some days five hours sleep is uh, is a good thing. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, of course, we've been talking off air um, a little bit, um, and we were kind of trying how to uh, launch into, we're trying to figure out, rather, how to launch into this podcast uh, with so much going on in the world. But I think um, the name Mitch McConnell will uh, help us launch right in. <laughs> yes, yes, Mitch McConnell, the uh, senior senator from Kentucky, a.k.a. Myrtle the Turtle. Yes. You know, and I find a good friend, our, friend <laughs> our buddy who is welcome on the show anytime he wants to be on. Um, we, we, we would love to have him. Got a few questions I've always wanted to ask Mitch. So, yeah, love to hear from him. Friendly banter. Uh, but, uh, you know, I feel bad about making uh, fun of a man's appearance. But, Lord, there has never been anyone who looked more like a turtle than that than that gentleman. <laughs> well, you know, and the sad thing is, is you know, it's it's easy to laugh at, at someone's appearance when they look like Mitch, but uh, you know, it's scary in the same way because it, it, policy-wise, he's literally the devil incarnate. Uh, you know, he's the author of much of the uh, naked power grab that currently is going on in Washington. Uh, you know. You've heard me say many times, it's when you're in a two-party system and one party's interested in governing and the other party's interested in naked raw power, it's a it's a you know a, a less than ideal situation. In fact, it's a toxic situation where governance doesn't happen because there's always a plot for the next power grab. And no one in in Washington D.C. has been more central to that problem than Mitch McConnell. Um, and, and, you know, it's sadly, uh, I'm sure he is fully aware of each and everything that he's done, but I don't think that he gets the attention that he deserves for being the author of such a, a serious amount of, of, you know, disheval and, and conflict and toxicity uh, by the, the, the path that he's taken, the, the Senate Republicans on since his tenure began. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm looking at these, uh, you sent me some articles here um, on some of his uh, behavior. Yeah, he had, he had a great quote this week. Folks will go back to work when they run out of money. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> besides being a blinding flash of the obvious, it, it's also pretty fucking sad. Uh, you know, the, the sort of the, the sort of fuck you attitude that, that he has for, for working people in this country. Yeah, well, basically he's saying folks will eat before they starve to death. Yes. Uh, yes, we will. <laughs> but, you know, that's the Senate majority leader's way of saying, let them eat cake in case you don't know. Is he trying to um, like suspend certain programs? Is that, is that what he's um, advocating right now? No, what, what was happening here was is he was commenting on the the general difficulty that employers are having hiring workers, especially on the lower end of the wage scale. Um, 
you know, it, it's hard to find people to shovel shit for $7.25 an hour nowadays. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who have figured out that they can't afford to pay for the gas to go to the job to shovel shit for $7.25 an hour. Right. And, and so what he is saying is an effect is, oh, well, you know, all of these giveaways, which <coughs> began when Trump was in office, <coughs> um, bless you. You know, they're now blamed on Biden. <coughs> you know, uh, because he's currently the president. But but all those giveaway programs started uh, out of a unified legislative process that everyone was on board with because they understood that the alternative was literally the destruction of the American economy. Right. And now he says that you know, and this I also find both uh, hilarious and deeply troubling that somehow uh, in a country full of people who can't afford a $500 emergency, that Americans are living off of savings that were derived from uh, the $1,400 checks the government sent out, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about you, my friend, but uh, my family could burn through $1,400 pretty damn quick. Listen, I'll do even, it. You yeah. know, even just buying groceries and gas, $1,400 ain't lasted two years at this house. Uh, well, I mean, that's uh, that's basically a rent payment. Um, maybe a car <laughs> payment. If you're lucky, you can get a rent payment and a car payment out of that. But, but in Mitch's world, he thinks that, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that the people of Kentucky and, and the rest of America have just been sitting around doing nothing uh, but living off the largesse of the government uh, who has just given him handout after handout after handout. Yeah, that's what we've all been doing, right? Just sitting back on our, our laurels, um, just uh, just counting this uh, $3,000 the government gave us for three years. You know, $1,000 a year is plenty, right? Of course, that's correct. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, $1,000 will, will will almost get you through, uh, you know, two weeks worth of gasoline nowadays. So uh, yeah, you definitely, uh, you know, we are, we are all magicians and alchemists. We've all managed to spin our magic wands over that $1,000 and turn it into enough to keep us all uh, not only alive and fed and clothed and, and transported, but, uh, you know, happily at home right. and not at work for at least two years. Yeah, no, it and, definitely did that. I mean, I could afford the pillow I cry into now. So, uh, <laughs> so I got that going for me. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, you've got that extra pillow that, that you, you know, you, you definitely needed uh, to, to, for the tears that come when you sit around That's and honestly, right. you know, uh, <laughs> assess your present situation in, in the current economy. Right? It is a really nice pillow. So, you know, I got yeah, that going for me. Super nice pillow, right? <laughs> but I mean, oh. you know, I'm going to use one of your, uh, your uh, words, but um, which I like and I'm going to copy you. But uh, he is he's somewhat divorced from the reality of the average person trying to just stay breathing. <laughs> well, you know, hey, look, we're talking about another one of our famous long-term politicians who went to Washington, a young and not very successful man financially, but is now a multimillionaire married to uh, someone who also has millions and millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars even. Uh, so, 
Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, if we could all live that Washington, D.C., insider, corrupt economy uh, that those guys live, we probably all could uh, last a couple of years off our savings. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I would love to try it. Um do you think that uh, did you ever watch the uh, Netflix series um what was it uh, House of Cards You know I was always recommended to me but I never actually had the time because you know as a as a as a as an attorney and and a person who's self-employed um you know, my days usually run from what we used to call in the country can to can't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that means you start as early as you possibly can and work until you can't work anymore. And, right. and so sometimes those days are 24 hours long. Sometimes they're less than 24 hours. And so I might actually get a couple hours sleep. But oftentimes they're 18 hours long. And, yeah. you know, uh, the the maybe I'm just not very good at it. But uh, in, in my lot of work... Uh, there's not a lot of leisure time. Uh, there's just a whole lot of grind. So yep. I, I didn't catch some of the more popular shows because I just there were years of my life where I just literally did not cut on a TV. So, I, yeah. I totally understand. It, it, the the reason I bring it up is uh, because the more you and I talk about all of this stuff, the more I think it it was kind of a documentary. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, it was that it was prophecy, right? Kind of like yeah. idiocracy and oh. beat. Again, like, and and Mitch isn't alone up there. There's a lot of people that just, people have real problems, like medical problems, sick parents, sick kids, paying for kids. I don't know how anyone's doing that right now because I live by myself and, you know, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not starving to death. The lights are out, but I'm much like you, you you talk about 18 hour days. I mean, I I have to grind to make sure money keeps coming in because it, it'll take one bad month and the whole thing goes up everything like it's all gone and and there's no safety net no one's coming uh yeah welcome to america 2022 yeah you know i mean 40 percent of the country is a 500 dollars emergency away from bankruptcy and 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 the, and the majority of people are working 40 hours a week or more. Um, and, and you know, it's actually worse than that. What's happening, you know, 40 hour a week, yeah, 40 hour a week job, you're expected to do things like provide benefits and shit. Uh, there are a lot of people who are working three, four, five part time jobs yeah. uh, because they're, they're, they can't get a full time job. Yeah. You know, uh, Walmart. The monstrous fucking entity Walmart that's this mega billions dollars. I mean, you know, who the fuck knows what that company's worth nowadays? It's way more than most. Enough to and, buy the Denver. You know, that, like, what if something somebody had a, a survey not that long ago? Something like forty percent of their fucking employees were on some type of public assistance because they don't have full time employees anymore. They don't have benefits. And so their employees are, are basically all working poor. Yeah. And being treated poorly, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but besides being used like toilet paper and not even given the ceremonial flush, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what the hell ever. What happens when those people, like all the service industry jobs, which I have worked and still do, um, what happens when those people just say no? Like, I'm done with this. I, I'm d- done being treated like shit, not paid enough, um, just being everyone's whipping boy, you know? What happens then? Because it could happen. I mean, we saw that with uh, 
you know, when they started, um, well, with the stimulus checks, which is what Mitch is probably mad about, is that it interrupted his lifestyle. Um, <laughs> hey, damn, he had to share a vacation with some some poor bastard who works for a living, some beach somewhere. He didn't have it to himself. I mean, oh, what the hell? Poor yeah. guy. How, how dare you be within sight of me? I'm the Senate Republican leader. You know, we need to get together and get him a card, you know, just a sympathy card. And I'm... So I want I want to buy the world's tiniest, you know, was it the world's tiniest piano or you know violin Fiddle, so yeah, I can yeah, yeah. you know strum some tears for him, you know, I can uh, try. play me play me a song for all the tears you're crying over the fact that that somebody doesn't want to work for fucking poverty wages. Give me a break, Mitch. Fuck yeah. off. And the issue with that is okay, so you're working to stay even. So what's the point? And when people lose hope, then you know, what's what's the motivation to keep going? It, it's the disconnect that some of these people have. And we've said it before. We're not a left or right leaning podcast. We're just advocating reality. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Mitch lives in an alternative universe filled by other fucking senators who live in alternative universes who don't have any real touch with the real world. So, uh, you know, they, they have Washington, D.C. myopia. All they know is what's around them. Yeah, it must be nice. It must. Uh, it must be just great. Um, wh- wh- I, 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 re- I really should have researched uh, Mitch. What did he do for a living before he um, uh, got into uh, the wonderful world of politics? Do you know? I'll try and find out uh, real quick. I, I, I think I think Mitch toted the devil's pitchfork. Maybe <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> he was second in command in hell. I don't know. I mean, Lord of the Underworld, Vice Lord of the Underworld. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, Spawn <laughs> of Satan. I, I, you'll have to do some Google on that. I, I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, it was born uh, in 1940. Something along those lines. Something. I was I was trying to see it'd be interesting because how does one just find themselves early life and education? So he was born in the forties. Um, uh, he went to Roosevelt's Warm Springs Institute for rehabilitation. Oh, okay, that's oh it. the polio the Institute. Polio. I didn't know he had so polio. literally he was in Warm Springs. Very familiar with Warm Springs. That's Crew where, up, uh, not too far away from there. That's uh, uh, where Theodore Roosevelt died. No, no, no. Is oh, did he die there? That's where FDR sure. used to go for treatment of his polio. I'm pretty sure he died there. I could be wrong. He, he was, yeah, I'll, I'll double check that. I don't think Teddy died there, though. I thought Teddy was, you know, he's a New Yorker. I didn't know, I didn't think he died in Warm Springs. Uh, but FDR spent tons of time in Warm Springs. I know that. Uh, let's see. He was in the Army. Mitch uh, McConnell was. Did some Vietnam and became a lawyer and right in right into politics. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, another fucking lawyer, right? Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, that's my favorite lawyer joke is you know, uh, I, it, I can only divide by three. If I could do math better, maybe I'd be writing prescriptions or you know treating patients as a doctor or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's one uh, I was trying to think of too. It's like, uh, what do you call lawyers at the bottom of the ocean or something? 
like a good start. I don't know. I'm like a you call 300 lawyers at the bottom of the yeah. ocean. Yeah. Uh, a good start. Yeah. I've heard that one. <laughs> why, why do sharks never bite lawyers in the water? Professional courtesy. Yeah. That's another one I've heard a lot. Yeah. So, uh, we used to have a little group that used to just, uh, occasionally share the, uh, the, the best lawyer jokes they've heard for a while. Um, and always, uh, Always, always interesting. So, there's, there's you know, no, another statistic I just saw you were talking about bad environments, good environments, etc. cetera. Um, you know, there was a, uh, there was a, you know, we talk about the, the shitty world of Walmart that we just briefly mentioned. But here's a different idea. And, and, I, and I hope that workers of the world unite uh, <laughs> and take a look at this option. But what about companies where, the employees are the owners mm-hmm. or at least own a portion of the company, a significant portion of the company. How do those companies fare versus the Walmarts of the world, right? I don't know. Maybe Mitch would approve of, uh, of employees, you know, having ownership of companies and, and, and having some responsibility for how things are done. And the reason I brought that up is that, you know, we, we mentioned Walmart, which is one of the, you know, it's a favorite punching bag of wrongdoing in corporate America. It's an easy target. But, uh, you know, contrast that to this, this uh, venture capital company, KKR, private equity, uh, that shows a strategy of rewarding employees at companies that it, that it purchased with equity in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a deal just a, a few weeks ago. Uh, the headlines from May 17th. Um, 800 employees uh, got to cash out when KKR sold, uh, it's called CHI, overhead doors to the steel company Newcore Corp for three billion dollars oh with a b and so the, so the eight, 800 employees uh received on average one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars as a payout from equity as part of kkr's investment in 2015 uh it says the longest tenured workers in the factory made up to four hundred thousand, and truck drivers received up to eight hundred thousand. and so kkr is a uh a huge fan of this model, you know, they're quoted as saying they believe creating the culture of ownership works. Uh, what I, I found interesting, you know, is, is I, I've, I've heard that song and dance as a manipulation in my life. I, I, I worked for a company when I was a young man that always talked about taking ownership, taking ownership, taking ownership, but I didn't own any stock in the company as a result of working there. Right. But it was interesting because I went to uh, train at two of the the company's plants. One of them was just like mine. No one there owned a thing. We were taught we were told to take ownership of our job, of our space, of our position, of our responsibilities, whatever. But we still got paid by the hour. Right. So the first one we went to first one we went to uh, was up in Wisconsin. And that place was a shit show a dumpster fire, a train wreck, whatever, pick your best adjective. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had, you know, the 
everything was a disaster. The place was dirty. Everything was out of order. It was chaotic. Management was terrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, nothing was getting done. Employees visibly stressed and upset and, you know, bickering. Uh, Just a bad world, really. And then we went down to another plant that they had, uh, which was down in Illinois, uh, in southern Illinois, central Illinois, and that plant, they had uh, an employee ownership incentive program where um, the employees basically got paid off the profitability of the, their two lines of manufacture. So it was like a once they achieved what, what was their quote unquote quota, then their team got bonuses for exceeding that quota. And, you know, so they were. The difference was inexplicable. Mutual respect, friendship, camaraderie, team-mindedness. Uh, the place was beautiful, well-lit, clean, calm. Literally, they had they didn't have quote-unquote managers. They had team leaders. And, and literally, most of the time, those people never had to say a word because people did take ownership of their job and their obligation. And guess what? They ran that line we observed that day. They ran that line for eight hours. And other than just polite conversation among what seemed to be friends or at least friendly people and, you know, answering some questions from us, you barely heard a sound. Mm -hmm. The, The other plant, you had to wear earplugs to keep from taking ear damage because between the yelling and the screaming and the noise and the chaos and the, yeah. you know, it was, it was, I, it was a difference between, um, you know, uh, going down the nicest, most clean street in the richest neighborhood in America versus going through you know, the worst ghetto in America yeah. as far as the appearance of the two places, honestly. I, uh, I have worked at uh, companies like that myself, and I think it, em, employers don't realize how much people want to work, I think. And um, they just, because you spend most of your life working, like that's what we do. Re- retirement isn't really a thing. I mean, you retire for five years and, and you drop dead. That's life, right? But, but you. <laughs> you want to put effort towards something and it might as well not be traumatizing. Right. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing about it is, uh, the environment follows again. We talked about the Reagan tax cuts of the eighties and how, you know, the wealth of, of economic expansion has been taken from the working people and given to the rich since the Republican Party bought into the dogma of trickle-down economics, the biggest fraudulent theory that's ever existed. Um, But this type of scenario highlights the same problem. You You know, you compare this, uh, these two plants that I visited in my 20s, so 30 plus years ago, um, and the difference between those environments, one where there's employee ownership, 
one where it's, you know, managers cracking the whips and we'll fire you and blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, the other thing that's very important to note is uh, the, the, the plant with no ownership was staffed primarily by Hispanics. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, mm. 95 plus percent of the employees working there. Do you um, think the, the, the employee ownership place is like, you know, lily white middle America with literally no employees of minority status. Right. Right. Um, and so the same company allowed these two plants to exist within one state of each other, probably 500 miles. Um, and one is run like a sweatshop you know, cracking the whip, we'll fire you if you can't meet this timeline, this quota. The other run is a cooperative co-ownership type environment. Guess which one always met their quota and always made their bonuses? I'm assuming the latter. Correct. (laughs) And so the chaotic, you know, whip-driven, you know, work under threat of termination or, you know, Losing your economic security, that environment would 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 be an abject failure versus the other environment, mm-hmm. which is let's let's pull together for this common goal. You know, um, you know the funny thing about the second place was even in hiring, like if they had a position come open, which they very rarely did, uh, you had an initial interview for qualifications with an HR person, but then you had an interview with the team. Mm. And so the team would ask you questions and answer your questions and make a determination if they believed you would fit in with their environment. Yeah. Right. If you would be a good team member, you know, if you could work hard and be reliable and meet expectations. Are you going to show up? Are you going to cause any problems? Are you going to make this work? Are you going to be toxic? Right. Yeah, exactly. Are you going to be someone that we immediately recognize as we've seen this archetype before and you're just not going to fit in here? And so it was funny that that, that was the difference. And then you look at this this article that I mentioned from this uh, shy overhead doors deal with KKR backing them where you know, these employees made this and, you know, uh, took this ownership interest and all got these nice paydays. Um, here's the key to it. The employee payout represents a small percentage of KKR's 10 times return on its investment in Shy, one of the largest returns in the firm's recent histories. Shy's revenues grew roughly 120% over the course of KKR's investment. You mentioned that the, the other plant was mainly Hispanic. Um, and and I, I think, you know, we, we talk about tyrants like they just exist in government. Tyrants exist everywhere. They're, they're, and tyrannical people want people who have no options, right? So uh, a first-generation Hispanic person doesn't have that much options, probably not really familiar with the language, um, you know, not really qualified for a lot of things. Uh, and a, a tyrant loves that kind of thing. 
And, and exactly. And, and, and a great point you bring up because it was very interesting when you talked to the management at, at the, the Wisconsin plant, you know, I didn't realize it at that time, uh, young and maybe, uh, not as fully informed as I might've should have been, but, you know, the management explained that their area was sort of the, uh, along this uh, major travel artery of uh, commerce from Mexico to Canada, but also a travel artery of Hispanic immigration. And so their workforce came predominantly from uh, one area, one city in Mexico or one state and it started out, their initial hires of Hispanic workers started out with just like, I think they said two families from this one state in Mexico or city. And they were so satisfied with the amount of work they did and their rate of work compared to their current employees. You know, they asked if they had any, any, any other friends or family that, that needed a job that wanted to work. Mm-hmm. And so over a couple of year period, people began to come from either that city or that state based on relationships from that initial group of hires. And before long, they had essentially replaced their entire staff of local people with the Hispanic staff. And it was interesting because they said that, that um, there is an, and we learned this the hard way. There is a, two weeks off every July, I believe he said either June or July, because those people go home for some festival in their city or state, wherever that was. Mm-hmm. And they don't care whether we give them time off or not. They just don't show up. And they <laughs> just, leave. just leave. Good for them. And, and so we, we have an involuntary shutdown for two weeks out of every year. After the first year, it's all been smooth because we know it's coming. Uh, but we know that those two weeks, this plan is shut down because we don't have any employees. That's great. Good for them. Really good for them. Yeah. But it was just funny that you meant it because you're right. What, as I was saying, what happened is you had an initial family or two who made that bold decision to seek a better life for themselves, their children. And they, 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 followed that immigration path into the United States and they integrated themselves. They got jobs and they went to work and they became successful. And because of their work ethic, they, you know, their employer said, Hey, do you have other people that work like you that will come in and work? So, mm-hmm. um, uh, amazingly, uh, you know, like I said, they, they had, I think when we were there probably in the neighborhood of 300 employees and every one of them could be tied back to that original couple of folks they hired. Um, pretty much by word of mouth. Yeah. So, which is smart on their part. But again, it's uh, it goes back to. So these people don't have options. They can't go anywhere else. You know they have them. And when, and and weak-minded people. And and we've all worked for bosses like this. That they're they really shouldn't be bosses, right? They they don't have the skill set. They can't work with people. They just somehow made it into that position. And um, they see people who. Um, they can subjugate, if uh, that makes sense. And uh, they just run with it until people call them out on their bullshit. And uh, that's why it's important. Um, 
tyrants, it's not just Joe Biden or Donald Trump. It's there are tyrants everywhere in your life. And if I hope this podcast will inspire people to call that that out, Uh, you're not required to work for anyone. Um, You can leave. I remember uh, there was a radio station I was working for some time and the political uh, tides just turned against me. And uh, I had a real, real tyrant of a boss and he came in and he's like, I'm not going to have this conversation with you again. He was chewing me out for something I didn't do. And I told him, you're not going to have to. Uh, my contract requires 30 days and you have it, you know? Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that's, uh, you know, bully for you that you, you know, stood up for yourself and, and walked away from that. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in an at-will employment state and I, and I had that incident happen actually with the company that, that I just was discussing who obviously were main nameless, but, you know, I, I came back, and took the lessons that I learned from what I saw and applied it to, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, trying to create the best possible work environment that I could, even though we did not have ownership. Um, and so we, we ran two shifts and, uh, by about the third month, my shift would basically build all the parts or all the pieces that we had for both shifts during our shift, we would, in, in effect, do double our required production. Um, and, you know, we, we, as a group, were very successful. Um, and, I, and I built that from a group of temp workers. And then uh, the company decided that they were going to cut the temp workers and bring over some, you know, long-term employees. And, you know, that was a difficult transition um, because they had promised the tent workers that they would take them on permanently after a certain amount of time, but instead they cut them off. Typical corporate America. Yeah. Uh, and then we brought over the older, uh, more experienced workers from a line that they shut down, and, and, and I got those folks trained up and developed relationships with them, and we got back to that level of production where we were, we were hitting those numbers that were anticipated. Uh, actually, we were beyond... Uh, at that point, we were the we produced the most parts per hour of, of any of the operating lines in the company in in, in, in the country, including the, the plant in Illinois. Um, but uh, a tyrant, a lunatic, a megalomaniac for a boss who you know continually wanted to take credit within the, the company for what was being done on that line, which he spent less than 10 minutes a day on. Um, and, and, you know, finally, um, you know, he had a, well, you know, the other thing you have about tyrants is you have their sycophants, you know, you have people that are their followers who are busy encouraging their bad behavior because they, they want to ride on their coattails. And, you know, he, he had a sycophant that, that literally, uh, you know, wanted to tag along for the credit, although he literally knew nothing about what we were doing. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, it, it, and so we, we ended up in a situation where they, they basically tried to put pressure on me uh, in, in a way like you were talking about. It's just a, it was something that was really nothing to do with, with the actual work that we were doing. It was more like a, 
kiss the ring type thing. And right. So what, I, I mean, I, I did the same thing you did. We had, so we didn't have thirty days notice. We were at will employment. I was like, you know, hey, here's my badge. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Fuck off. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. And and. Um, <laughs> It's important to really recognize those situations because I, I actually stayed in mine far too long. And, um, you know, if, if I had to do it all over again, I would have left at the first sign. But, of course, hindsight is what it is. But um, people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you want to be if you're, you know, if, if you're a positive person, you want to feel like you can work through this, the environment and, you know, fix the problem uh, and move forward positively. But sometimes you have to realize that, that the problem is the person, not the environment. And if you're not in a position to remove the person, then it doesn't matter what the environment could be because they're the poison in the middle of it. Right. right. A, a good evaluation, I think is, is everyone working towards the same goal? Like, uh, do we have, something to accomplish and are, are, are we all doing it together? Um, if that's something to accomplish is to stroke the ego of anyone, then get the fuck out. Just, 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 <laughs> <GTFO. laughs> just, just as the kids say, yeet out of there, uh, because, uh, it will, it will, it will do more psychological damage. Let those people die on the vine. Um, and God bless them. Hope they get better. Don't know why they're so narcissistic. Um, which is a good transition back to Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we've said that since the 80s, the mental health structure of the United States has been incredibly underfunded and, in fact, mostly ignored. So, uh, yeah, narcissism runs rampant. Uh, sociopathy is uh, far too common. Uh, you know, and, and, and power makes you a drunken fool, right? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Um, you know, to be cliche again. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, got to make sure you're, you're in the right situation, working towards the right goal with the right people. Chemistry is su such a big deal. You know, even as we uh, have started this podcast, you know, building our chemistry, uh, chemistry rather, is a um, it's going to be extent, uh, essential. Um, I, I'm tripping over my words, but it's going to be essential to our success. Um, we both have to respect. It's, I'm just using this as as a uh, example, but we both have to respect each other for this to work, right? You know, absolutely. I mean, you got to have a great relationship and, and anything like this that we're doing together because it's together. You know, it, it, it's it's uh, if you're part of any team and and you don't have uh, good cohesion. Your performance is always affected. Um, you know, I had to take that all the way back to, you know, the days of, you know, it's the lessons you learn as a kid when you're playing ball. And, and anyone who's played any team sports knows it. Uh, if you were fortunate enough to be on a really good team and you had that experience of, of having, you know, good leadership and good teammates and seeing what the possibilities are in that environment, and then you get into a shit environment where you either have terrible leadership or, you know, a lack of cohesion and unity, and you see what that is, mm. um, you know, or you have both. And that is like the worst of all, right? Mm. Yeah, you know, you yeah. can have in football, you can have NFL talent, 
but shitty coaching and a lack of team chemistry, and you will get drubbed by 80 points by a bunch of kids that look like they, you know, they, you know, have never lifted a weight in their life and never been to a gym and, and never done anything just because they had cohesion and unity and discipline and, and execution. Mm-hmm. And instead, you got 11 prima donnas who want to dance around and, and you know, uh, try to do their own thing. You know, you you get exposed awful quickly, and and that's the same thing. In, in it doesn't matter whether it's something like this, or it's uh, running a Fortune 500 company. I mean, it's the same principles of play. Uh, you got to have a, a common goal, got to have a common purpose, and you got to have a you know a, a good cohesion and unity among your your over the course of your your team and your group or else you're going to have issues and you're not going to be as effective as you could be. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the principle you want in relationships, uh, work, um, and government, which is why we're in the situation we're in right now. Um, is there's absolutely none of that going on. Um, and maybe maybe this podcast becomes calling out bullshit. Like, I, you know, maybe that's just what we do now. I'm like, yeah, that's a, that's some bullshit over there. I don't know. It's evolving. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely it's definitely a possibility for sure because that's uh, you know, it's like the old saying, just uh, you know, throw throw a fucking dart in any direction, you'll hit some bullshit nowadays. I oh mean, no matter what it is, walk outside. Um, that's all it takes. Um, but um, what, do, what do you think, you know, to, to get back, um, I took us off track. It's my fault, but it was fun. Uh, Mitch McConnell, what is the, the solution for him? Like, what do we do? Can, can, can he get better? Is he a lost cause? I, I think people, I think that entire generation is lost, honestly. I mean, I just while we were, you know, talking on the show, I pulled up some statistics. Um, Kentucky. Mitch McConnell's state, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, first in cancer deaths, first in deaths related to chronic lower respiratory disease, which would make sense given uh, tobacco tobacco usage, as well as people who work in coal mines and would have not had proper safety equipment because of lax regulations and lax safety. Mm. Uh, brought about and exacerbated by people like Mitch McConnell. Right. Third in accidental deaths, 18th in stroke, fifth in diabetes, fifth in kidney disease. Uh, these are all deaths, right? Um, they are fifth, uh, or fifth in teen birth rate, um, 18th in births unmarried mothers, uh, ninth in preterm birth rates. That's just some readily available statistics from. Right. Uh, you know, the CDC. So uh, infant mortality rate, uh, you know, well above the U.S. average, although not ranked as a, you know, as a value uh, like first through 50th, but it's yeah. it's 6.5 in Kentucky versus the national average of 5.8. Um, higher marriage rates, higher divorce rates uh, than the, the nation as a whole. Um, you know, Drug over, drug overdose deaths. Hell, they might be the highest. Their their rate is thirty seven point two, and the U S. rate is twenty one point seven, and that's per thousand people. That's a lot. So, uh, you know, Appalachia, man. It, it, you know, it's funny to me that it, you have such an elitist asshole uh, elected from a state that is, you know, the the it's 
deeply impoverished and uh, has a lot of issues within its its human population, its human capital. Um, a lot of people not getting what they need, um, and, and, you know, and, and continuing to live in poverty and sickness and uh, you know disease because we don't have an effective function government, right? Right, um, right, right. Is at least partially to blame. And that tells you, know, you everything you need to know about the two-party system. I mean, they don't care. They don't care. And, you know, and that's the thing is that, that you know, Mitch McConnell is a perfect example of, of leading a party that's knowingly engaged in those types of behaviors and doesn't care because it keeps him as a Senate majority leader, period. Yeah, keeps the last power. Power, 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 power. This has nothing to do with the betterment of this country. It's just power for power's sake. The best thing we could do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, 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 no. I mean, I just, I don't want to interrupt you, but I mean, the point of it is, is that the faster people wake up to the idea uh, of identifying these people who only want power for power's sake and getting rid of them, I don't care if you vote for a fucking cartoon figure. Just get rid of the fucking people, every one of them. I don't care how long they've been there. I don't care what party they're in. When you identify that that's all they want, fuck them. Get rid of them. Vote for a fucking dog. I don't give a shit. Absolutely. I, I, you know, is there an air balloon somewhere I can name as a fucking Coke. candidate beyond this guy? Yeah. Anyone else is the answer. Any fucking body else. That's absolutely correct. Um, and. <laughs> Yeah, I, both parties get mad at where the people. My my family is divided between staunch Republican and staunch uh, Democrats, and I always vote Libertarian unless I really know the candidate very well. Um, yeah, most most be some hellacious Thanksgivings at your house, right? Boy, no one loves me. Uh, being a Libertarian is it's a great way to piss off everyone. Uh, but what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is pretty good at that. Yeah, you know? it's it's I like this one. Laugh. Uh, we're recording during a weekday during the daylight. It's nice. Hey, that is different for us, I right? Know. But, you know, we're once again we're just accommodating each other's schedules based on what we got to do, right? We're a team. That's right. Um, getting some great. Uh, uh, traction on uh, the podcast. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, Going to have uh, unfuck.com up here shortly. I'm doing uh, a lot of the uh, logistical works behind the scene right now. And and um, But in the shorts, uh, what, how long have we been going now? Maybe two months putting this project together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and let me give a shout out while we're at the end of this thing. I mean, you know, there's some folks we'd love to talk to on the show, people that I'd, I'd like to, to chat with. You know, we, we were introduced to a guy this week, uh, you know, uh, he was profiled. Um, his name is, is Adam Toos. Uh, Adam's got his own podcast, but a great intellectual, very interesting fellow. We'd love to have a chat with him, see I'd love to see one of his uh, charts with all the arrows pointing every direction and try to see where he thinks our theories fit into that. Yeah. Uh, you know, a person I never thought I'd want to talk to, but I, I read an article from Mitt Romney uh, oh, called yeah. America is in denial. Um, Mitt, God bless his Mormon ass. Uh, really? He, he, I, I feel like we might be blood brothers on some of this stuff because he kind of hits a lot of the same thoughts I'm having. Uh, Adam Kinzinger, welcome every any day, any day, 
I will always make time. Uh, bless this man for standing up for the truth and for justice and the American way in the face of a bunch of fucking crazy people mm-hmm. who are coming at him incredibly hard. And, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to hope that he got some great security people and, uh, hope that he stays safe and well while he tries to do the right thing for the country in the face of some fucking nut jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lastly, my, 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 my idol in my dream interview, Mike judge, uh, I just watched Beavis and Butthead do the university the other, the other night and have to say that, that Mike judge is still on top of his game and, uh, would, would love to talk to Mike sometime. So if these guys ever bump across our podcast, uh, out in the world, they want to contact us, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show sometime and yeah. try to have a good, honest, open, fair, and respectful conversation about a lot of things that are all fucked up right now, and we would like to unfuck them. We are unfucking things or attempting to do so, and our contact info will be on our website, so if uh, any of those fine gentlemen uh, come across this recording, um, unfucked.com, that is, uh, I'm always afraid I'm going to misspell it, Uh uh, U-N-F-U-K-T dot com. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, we got our Twitter coming up uh, here pretty quick. That's at Unfucked Podcast. YouTube's on the way. Um, also, um, if, you, if you're listening to this on Apple or uh, Spotify, you'll see a new graphic for each one of these episodes. Look at it and enjoy it because I'm... I'm just kind of uh, geeking out on making those right now. So appreciate my work, <laughs> audience. <laughs> that's, what I'm uh, that's right. That's right. And, and to, to, to your credit, Gunner, can't, can't say enough good things about all you do. I, we joked when we started this project, I didn't realize how much work you, you would have to do taking on the post-production stuff. But, uh, yeah. man, I'm glad you signed up for that. Yeah, you are too kind, and I'm really happy to be a part of uh, the process. I love doing this uh, this shit. So, so thank you for uh, choosing me there, Laugh. I'm glad we are a uh, team together, sir. Yes, couldn't think of a better partner. I enjoyed the show and looking forward to the next one. Yep, as am I. Uh, Wednesday mornings, that's when you can hear us, listen to all the previous uh, episodes. We just uh, did one on uh, Roe v. Way, uh, which is pretty interesting. But anyway, we are up against it. I'm Laugh. Uh, no, gosh, why do I keep doing that? Uh, I'm Gunner. I'm not Laugh. You're Laugh. I'm Laugh. You're Laugh. <laughs> You're Laugh. I'm Gunner. Uh, thanks for listening to Unfucked. Unfucked.com and wherever you get your podcast. <laughs>